Hi, Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Today's special guest is Debbie Sims. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to our show. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. I am so glad to be here with you. Debbie is by nature a nurturer. Her love for little people led her to teach special education classes, serve as the director of a preschool and children's ministry, and direct a weekday preschool. She taught kindergarten, served in administrative capacities in a number of elementary schools, and eventually became an elementary school principal. Her caring nature impacted many children, their families, the teachers, aides, and staff at her schools, and continues today as she leads a local chapter of Grief Share. Even her hobbies are caregiving hobbies, like gardening, cooking, baking, and spending time with her family, which includes her husband, a son, a daughter, and six grandkids. Nurturers are empathetic. They get right in the crisis with you, and they stay there until you can find your way out. They are creative problem solvers. They are gentle, yet tough, flexible, yet sturdy, resourceful, and resilient. Debbie, I see you as all of these things, as well as gracious, thoughtful, devoted, kind, wise, and generous. How do you see yourself? Thanks, Kathleen. I see myself as a teacher right now, so um, I enjoy teaching, uh, even though I'm retired. So um, First Baptist Church has allowed me the opportunity to teach a group of um, fellow grievers in Grief Share. We're currently on our 11th lesson out of 13 for this cycle, and we've had a great group. I do see myself as a grandma and as a wife um, and as a Christian, uh, a lover of, of Jesus, and I'm truly grateful for that. Well, you've always been a teacher. Was there a teacher that inspired you? Oh, certainly. Probably my fifth grade teacher, Miss Ipax, was um, a person that built relationships before it was even known that that's the way to hook your students. And she built a relationship with me. We did fun projects. We had plays about the pilgrims. We had um, elections. We just had a fun time in fifth grade. So I um, truly admired her. And so do you think you maybe uh, patterned your teaching style after hers? Or were you a teacher even before you met her? Oh, uh, I lined up my dolls just Me like every, everybody <laughs> would do. And I had three, um, I, my sister and two brothers that were younger than I am. So they naturally got to hear some teaching. So I loved learning. Um, it was... It was fun for me to read a new book or to act out something, and I really enjoyed that. Teachers are often learners, too. Are you learning from anyone right now? Um, probably I'm learning um, from, from Dale how to be patient and to wait. And um, I certainly enjoy listening to him teach Bible study on Sunday morning. So uh, I learn a lot from him. Um, he is a good teacher. Yeah, he's a great teacher. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's probably who I'm learning from right now. Um, and you're a nurturer. Were you always a nurturer? Or were, 
Or do you feel like um, because life was hard, you became a nurturer? Tell me how how you discovered that in you. I think it came naturally being the oldest of four kids. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and my mom was employed and my dad was oftentimes out at sea on a a vessel. So um, when someone got hurt and nobody was there, that was my job to, you know, look after them and, you know, take care of them and put band-aids on and (laughs) and do whatever needed to happen to help them be safe. So I I see myself as a long-term nurturer. Mm -hmm. Even in retirement, you continue to be, which I think is just charming. I love that. Um, And part of your baking and your cooking is Mm -hmm. comfort food. And hello, Mm -hmm. I've certainly been comforted by your baking and cooking. (laughs) So I appreciate that. That is a hobby. I love to do that. So, and it, you know, being able to do that for our Wednesday night dinners at church is fun for me. The day before on Tuesdays, I spend probably three hours in the kitchen and usually by myself and just being able to follow recipes and put things together that taste good and look good. I like doing that. Well, let me assure you, we like it that you do. (laughs) So you are doing something that's sort of new for you, and that is teaching grief share. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me how you got into that? Sure. Um, My first experience with grief share was with my sister, and I had gone to help her pack up and get ready to move to Texas. And she said, well, I go to grief share on Monday nights at my church. Would you like to go with me? So my first experience even knowing about grief share was going with my sister. Um, She lost a daughter uh, when her daughter was six years old, so my niece passed from a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And so she connected with a group at church called Grief Share. It is a great ministry, and um, First Baptist Church in Grand Prairie did not have that ministry, and so when she moved here, she spoke to our minister of education and said, could we possibly begin that? He was just waiting for someone, I think, to step up to the plate and take a leadership role, and so, of course, you can't do it all by yourself, Um, and so she recruited me, and so I helped her, and um, it just has been um, a very good program to help me through many grief experiences myself. So I'm on the same journey as the participants are. And, um, I feel really, uh, fortunate to be able to use the resources that are there. Well, that was my next question. Cause, um, it seemed that you were in your own grief journey right about the time that, uh, this program got started. In fact, I thought that came first. I've lost track of who, mm-hmm. you know, but I think we did um, one grief share group, and then my dad passed away in mm-hmm. 2018 um, from kidney failure and leukemia, and then um, just, it'll be a year anniversary for my mom's death. She died from COVID last December the 8th, my brother December the 1st, and so, yes, I'm right on that same journey as our participants, so the videos that we show each week are very um, meaningful. There's homework to do. Uh, grief work is hard work. Um, and we encourage them, you know, do your homework every week. It'll be helpful, to, you know, for you to do that because there's lots of scripture verses. And not everyone in our group is a believer. And so it's very, very, um, it's like a mission field. So when they put, I don't go to church, when you, when you have them fill out the registration, you know, when you go to church or when you attend church, what church do you attend? Many of them leave that blank or say, you know, I don't attend right now. So it's a wide open mission field for us as we, you know, share Christ and Jesus with them. And um, I love the program, so I can't say enough positive things about it. 
Well, I am so glad that these things kind of came together at the time when you needed them most. I think that's interesting that grief share is not just for churched people. Very often in my own grief, I have said, how does anybody get through this without Jesus and without the support of a caring church family? And yet you're finding people are doing exactly that. That's exactly so- right. There, I think people that are hurting are searching. And so, you know, Google's great for you put in, what can I do for grief? And that pops up. So if they're really sincere about getting help and finding a program, Grief Share is a great place to go. I'm sure there was no way you could prepare your heart for the grief that was coming in the passing of so many loved ones so close together. And even knowing the Grief Share materials as you did, um, did it seem very new and fresh to you it's, as you walked through the process? It still hurts. And it's still, there will always be triggers. Of course. There will always be emotions. There are, you know, anniversaries of death or the smell of something, baking or um, aftershave on a man or perfume on a, there will always be triggers and there will always be emotions that come with it. But God is by our side and walks with us along the path to help get us through it. I used to hate grief because um, it it just takes energy to grieve and it's hard um, to be sad because not everybody understands. Uh, and it's hard to, to explain sometimes what you're thinking and feeling and why you're thinking and feeling that. Um, but grief, as I've gotten older, has become something of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, as I grieve uh, the changing of the seasons in my life, um, becoming empty nested and, you know, leaving a job that I loved. And, and so grieving those seasons and then being able to set them aside to move on to new things, grieving people that I've loved and lost, especially during these last two years that have been so challenging for so many people. Um, Grieving, um, aging sometimes requires um, a, a certain level of grief as you realize you're not able to move as fast or to do the things that you used to do or to remember things the way you necessarily want to remember them. Remember them. So grief has um, become sort of a companion and a friend, uh, but it's taken a lot of hard work to get here. That's exactly true. And that's one of the things we teach them. Very first lesson is God plus my hard work equals healing. And that's why they're there. They want to heal. They want to get past the emotional trauma that they're going through. And when we tell them, you have to go through it. You're on a journey. You can't go around it or over it or under it. You've got to go through the grief process and to get to the other side. So it's, it is not easy. And we, we remind them that every week. You know, how's your journey coming? What hard mm-hmm. work have you experience this week. You mm-hmm. know, there's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, with the holiday season coming and approaching, it's very hard for some people, and especially if their loss happened around Thanksgiving yes. or around Christmas. Yes. It's an anniversary date that's hard. It won't ever be the same. Their holiday season will be different. Um, it's time to think of new traditions they can start to help them um, heal. And so um, there's lots of things that, that will come come about and come up. So. So as we think about um, how to get through holidays, maybe the very first one um, with this new companion, you might have an empty seat at your table, but grief is sitting there. Um, 
Can you give us some tips? Some pointers I'll be about glad how to, do to do that. Um, there's lots of things to to do to help people get through that. One is to make a list. You know, what can I do differently, or what can I cross off my list to help my grief not be so burdensome? Um, putting a candle or a picture of your loved one at the table at the spot that they normally would sit. So I would have one. I have two picture frames. One with my mom. One with my dad. And they'll sit on the table at the back of our table where they usually would sit and there'll be a candle going. Um, and as long as they're there with me, then I can, um, really trust the Lord that they're looking down and they know that we're thinking of them. Um, for Thanksgiving, you can write, um, memories, um, or things that you're thankful for on your pumpkins that, uh, use a real pumpkin, or if you don't have a real one, then cut out an orange piece of paper and write their name on it and, and write, you know, things that you're thankful for. Thank you, mom, for teaching me how to bake. Thank you for teaching me to sew. Thank you, dad, for helping me be patriotic. Anything that you want to write, um, write an open letter to them. There's lots of things that will help people get through the holiday season. Um, just this past Saturday, we made some craft things with the people that came to surviving the holiday event at our church. We did some ornaments and put their names on them where they can hang it on their Christmas tree this year. Um, we did, um, just little pumpkins that we can use as place setting holders for the people too. So there's lots of things, but I would encourage them to make a list and cross out things that they can do different this year, not have to do, just so it's easier for them. I'm a big fan of doing things differently, too. If, for me, it's been easier if everything was different, at least that first year, um, it, kind of because things aren't ever going to be the same. They'll be good again, but they won't be the same. Um, and so to do something very different has been helpful for me. Do you think most people find that to be true? I think that um, some people will be comfortable keeping things the same. Mm -hmm. Some people need that change. Mm -hmm. um, don't do a turkey, do lasagna. Do an Italian theme for Thanksgiving. There's lots of ways. I mean, if you need the change mm -hmm. and because there's too many memories associated with it, then change is good. Mm -hmm. And I found that even after doing something radically different with that holiday, there were certain traditions that I did miss. But hopefully a year from now, I'm in a better place emotionally um, and uh, with, with respect to the memories. And I've done some healing work, and I can welcome back the way things used to be um, when that loved one was still among us. Yeah. So what else, what else do you have for us? What are some other ways? Um, do a plan, make a plan. Um, of course, with the holidays, sometimes there's invitations that come mm -hmm. and um, parties that, you know, invitations and people want you to come over. And sometimes you're not quite ready for that. So giving yourself grace to say, well, thank you for the invitation. And, and can I get back with you? Or yes, I'd love to come, but maybe I could come late or not stay the whole time. Um, to think ahead and, and drive yourself there so that you have a way out if you need to leave early. So there's things that you need to think about in advance. And what, you know, am I able to even do this? Or would I be so uncomfortable uncomfortable or, or feel like I'm going to make other people uncomfortable because they don't know what to say to me? Then there's things to do to help you with that plan. I hadn't I hadn't thought about uh, what a challenge that might be. For me, it's good to be around other people um, 
because the people who are inviting me to parties actually care about me and they want to be there for me and they don't often know how. And so when they extend an invitation to me, I feel like I should take it um, mm -hmm. because they're planning this with me in mind. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like sitting at home alone in the dark, knowing there's a party going on somewhere without me just adds to my grief. But I can see how some people would mm -hmm. say, I'm just not up to that right now. It's, You're gregarious and yeah, outgoing and not exactly. everybody, not exactly. everybody is that way. Some people just kind of crave that, um, being alone or yes. to have time to reflect on where they're at. So people I think, are different. I think some people also feel guilty mm -hmm. about moving forward, and, about, and mm -hmm. about celebrating and being happy, I'm especially when you're so close yes. to yes. I agree um, with that, you. that deep sorrow. And yeah. so, um, I love that when I'm assuming you're going to tell us about this as well, that people de uh, deal with grief in different ways mm -hmm. in different times. Um, no, no one's grief journey is the same because your relationship and my relationship for example, to my mom are different. Right. So that, you know, the, depending on your relationship with the person that you've lost, that will kind of, I don't know how to even say it right, but your experience and mine just will not match just because our journeys are different. And guess what? They That's get okay. to be, they That's get right. to be different That's because true. we're different. And you're right. That's the right. nature of our relationship mm -hmm. with the person that we're missing was different yeah. as well. Well, we are going to take a break uh, right now. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more tips from Debbie Sims about how to get through the holidays if you're grieving. Debbie's right. No grief journey is the same. Actually, nobody's journey is the same. And we at Now I See are glad you are traveling through these crazy times with us. We love it when you leave comments on our Facebook pages and let us know how you're doing and what you think of our show. It makes us happy when people tell us they heard about our show from someone like you who was thoughtful enough to share it with them. It helps boost our ratings when you leave a bunch of stars and some kind words about our show when you rate and review. And it helps more people hear stories of inspiration, hope, and encouragement, just like Debbie's today. If you haven't done so yet, let us hear from you today. Join us next week when we welcome author and speaker Dave Arden back to the microphones to bring us up to date on what's happening with Chosen to Speak and how that project is impacting speakers and leaders around the world. Now, back to our conversation with Debbie Sims. All right, and we are back with our special guest today, Debbie Sims, talking about grief share. So Debbie, give us a good working definition of grief. Let me just say that grief is a price that we pay when we love someone, and that it is the celebration of a good gift from God, oftentimes through tears. Is it intense? Yes. Can be. Is sure it chaotic? Oftentimes chaotic. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Certainly. And sometimes you feel like you're in a fog when, when you are in and on a grief journey. So I think that's usually my initial response. 
Um, and, it, and that in itself is a gift because if I could feel the blunt force trauma of what I've just lost, I, I don't know what I would do with that. So I am grateful for that shock and that fog that kind of settles in until I can pull myself together. I was just talking with a friend the other day and his advice was just put one foot in front of another. But I kind of felt like I needed to sit in that fog for a little bit and just find my feet before I could actually do anything so about it. I'm going to give it. you a picture, a mind picture to think about. So imagine you're at the ocean the edge of the ocean and you're waiting for the waves as you lean in and you feel the ebb and flow of the water that's kind of how the grief journey is you're leaning into it but at the same time God is helping you to get through it and so it's just oftentimes very difficult and oftentimes people think I'm just drowning here but God gives you stability when the things are difficult and lean into it. It will be helpful if you can lean into it to help yourself move forward and go through it. You've said several times, go through it. Does anybody ever really get completely out the other side? I believe that your pain from the grief journey lessens, but it's always there. It's always part of you, just like a tree that's been wounded and, and the, the, bark heals around that wound the wound is there but it's different and the pain is there but it's different so as you travel down the journey and get further down then it's not so intense as when it first happens so what are some of our goals in grief journey well first you have to accept that you've had a loss that it's real that I'm in the here and now and that person is not coming back that it really did happen and that the second thing I would say for a goal is that you turn to God, whether you're a believer or not a believer, God is there and he understands. He made us, he made our emotions. He definitely understands. He gave his son to die for us. So he definitely understands that grief journey. When you lose someone you love, he certainly loved Jesus, but yet he gave us that free gift. So that would be the second goal. And then to... Before we move on, can we talk for just a second about people who can't even talk to God right now because they're so angry and so hurt? But they need to. Even though they're angry and hurt, God's there. And so he's not going to leave them. So if they, even like Job in the Bible, just lament to him and say, God, I, I'm hurting, I'm... I don't understand this. And why did you do this? Why, why did you let this happen? And we just have to remember that God is not going to take a person away from us that um, we think we can't live without them. But in essence, it's Jesus that we need, not the person to go on and to move forward. So prayer is essential in my mind, whether it's, you know, a, a quick, brief thing that, hey, God, I'm hurting today. I need your help. Or Lord, why did this happen? Can you just help me through this? There's lots of things you can ask God. Certainly Job did as an example in the Bible. So it's not so much getting the answer to the question why, but it's discovering the who. It, that is exactly right. Because God, he doesn't promise us answers. And, and what we expect may certainly not be what he gives us. So 
Yeah, and I, maybe I if we right. knew the answer, we wouldn't we, like it anyway. We, we, so. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, so just yeah. to lean into God and to draw on His strength that's and to right. find our comfort in Him. That's so that's right. that. That's the second step. How about the third? Um, the third one is to be uh, able to express your emotions, whether they're happy or sad or or whatever emotion is that you're feeling. Just to be open with yourself to know that, hey, Jesus wept for His good friend. So it's it's okay to cry when we have tissues at the table every week in grief share um, and we you know give yourself permission to have those emotions so that would be the third thing um, the fourth thing is to establish a new identity um, you've certainly lost a loved one and um, you are a person that's going to be a person without them being there by your side so you have to be willing to accept that new identity that you have and then to move forward don't get stuck move forward through the journey. Um, don't, um, stay in that state of mind because it will, it will not be uh, helpful if you're not moving forward. I think a lot of people get stuck right there Mm -hmm. because they're afraid to make decisions when they're hurting Mm -hmm. or they were counting on that person to help make a decision with them or for them. Mm -hmm. Or um, when that person left, they didn't leave instructions about what Mm -hmm. should happen next. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can get so mired down in all the what ifs Mm -hmm. um, that you can get really stuck there. Um, And I think some people, self-included, feel a little guilty if things Mm -hmm. start to get good and and we joy begins to return so it's really easy to give yourself permission to be stuck but you're saying don't don't get stuck move forward um and in fact the um mantra for grief share is from mourning m-o-u-r-n-i to joy that eventually joy will come so there might be a lot of mess between the yes. beginning and <laughs> and the joy, but um, eventually that's to be expected. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And then um, to store your memories, whatever way you find helpful to store the memories, whether it's writing about memories or picture, putting pictures together and making a scrapbook, but some way to to have those memories. Um, my mom was. Um, a greeter at First Baptist Church and loved to look nice. So her clothing and her accessories always matched. And so a memory that I have put together is I took her costume jewelry that matched her outfits and made something that I could hang on the wall with pieces of her jewelry. So there's there's lots of ways to do those memories. Um, at Thanksgiving time or Christmas time to have family members talk about special memories and to jot those down and then to put a book together, that's a way too that you could do that. Um, if they're willing. If they're willing, that's true. Um, but those memories may fade, and if we don't write them down or capture them some way, then then how will we remember them? So I think it's important. So I had a fresh wave of grief the day I woke up, and I realized I couldn't remember what my dad's voice sounded like. I hadn't heard it in a long time, and I couldn't remember, and it just struck me fresh. And I wish that I had recorded it in some way so that I could go back and visit it. Um, Probably I wouldn't be doing that as often now as I would have then. Um, but I just remember that it, grief was brand new that day when I realized uh, I was letting go of even my memories. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's a good thing to encourage people to, to keep a recording, to have, um, especially if you have aging parents, to have them record their story or to write their story down. Um, that would be another way to do that. And, and really, um, as you were able to listen to recording of your dad or, or whatever, would be beneficial, I think, to, to have that memory. I wish I had that memory also, <laughs> but I don't. My brother does have a recording of my dad, but I didn't think about it. You just don't think about doing those things, but that's a way to capture things. So have them record the, themselves telling a story about their life or their testimony or, or something that's meaning, meaningful to them. So that's good. What else? What's another goal um, that we might have? Let me let me just share just some practical things, but back to cherishing the memory. So um, one important thing is to always thank God for that person, to thank God for the opportunities that he gave you to have that person with you and um, memories that you shared together about the loved one that that's important to do. That might be a challenge for people who didn't have the best relationship with a parent or a sibling or a, or a former spouse, or if that person died while you were um, not speaking to each other or in a mm-hmm. conflict. That's true. That's true. So um, what kind of helps would you offer? Same? They just would, looked a little I different? Would, I would say still the same thing. Okay. If there could come a time where they could put those differences aside mm-hmm. and to, to write something Focus on the good down, things. Focus on the good things mm-hmm. that happened. Or even what you gained or what you learned in the midst of that difficulty, that that's now a part of you. You know, even if it's not a part you would have chosen for yourself, those things did happen. Those relationship difficulties did define you, did shape you. Um, And just to be grateful for who you are now um, because of that person in your life. Another way that people can move forward to move through their grief, grief journey is to find someone else that needs help. Whether it's um, volunteering for an hour at a food bank or or making a blanket for Project Linus kids or find a way to volunteer. Um, When you are able to focus on someone else instead of focusing only on yourself, it brings you peace and comfort and joy. And what our um, Grief Share video said, it's a boomerang joy. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, as you think about, oh, I'm going to throw out joy. Well, Oftentimes that joy comes right back to you. So that's a, a good tip for, for peeping, people. Um, when you help others, it eases your pain. Um, let me just share just some easy um, easy things that, that you can do um, that would be honoring and re- help you remember your loved ones. So possibly buy a small tree or a plant and plant it in the yard. Um, the tree will grow over the years, and hopefully you will have good memories as you light that tree or, or nourish that tree to grow. Um, if you decide to hang stockings for Christmas this year, to go ahead and hang a stocking for your loved one that's passed, then you have that memory that you can focus on your loved one as you see their stocking hanging there. Even you can put something in it if you want to. Um, If your loved one had a particular heart or passion, um, such as children or animals or flowers, volunteer an hour there. Go to the 
uh, prairie paws mm-hmm. if they loved animals or uh, read a book at a school if they love children. So plug into the memories that you have of, of your loved one doing something. I love that. Yeah. Create a scrapbook, a picture collage, a quilt, or do a wood project, something in their honor. Uh, find something simple but meaningful to place in your home to remember your loved one, a small vase or single rose, a candle, a poinsettia, something um, that helps you think of them. Um, buy or make an ornament that reminds you of your loved one. Put their name on it. You can put their um, birth date and, and their end date on it if you want. Um, we did that. And mm-hmm. every year when I pull those ornaments out, uh, and see their face and yeah. see their name on that ornament. It just, um, it's it's a sweet memory, and I do look forward to that every year. I know that it's going to be a real sentimental journey as I unwrap baby's first Christmas yes. and first home, and then this ornament that we made in honor of a loved one that yeah. passed. Um, but what a what a wonderful way to start exactly. the holidays and just. Uh, um, not just blow through them with mm-hmm. parties and stuff, which we all love, but to take a moment to, to have, have quiet reflection and to just a moment of gratitude. Exactly. Um, visit the cemetery and decorate the grave with flowers or a small tree would be another way. Um, I volunteer with Reese Across America. My, my parents are buried at the DFW National Cemetery, so I'm able to go and um, present a wreath on their headstone and that's a way also that you can help with that um sit around the dinner table at christmas and talk about your loved one share good memories or lessons that you've learned from them um if your loved one had a favorite cookie or cake or meal make that in their honor have a candle lighting ceremony with your family or close friends that could help you um, remember them as well Have everyone share a special picture of your loved one or plan a night of remembrance to honor your loved one. So there are lots of things that you can do to help bring those memories fresh to you as you think about your grief. You can think about your loved one. Well, as we close out our show today, is there anything you'd like our listeners to see more clearly? Let me um, share with you... um, The website for GriefShare is www.griefshare.org, and it is loaded with great uh, tips and resources and library with reading material, all kinds of great stuff. That's also where a person could go to find a local GriefShare that's in their community, and things are posted in advance, so uh, our First Baptist Church will be doing a loss of a spouse seminar. Uh, it is a one-day event on Sunday, January the 16th from 4 to 6 p.m. And then we will begin our next 13-week cycle of Grief Share beginning on Sunday, February 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. And we won't be meeting on Easter Sunday or Mother's Day, but it will go into May. So we're looking forward to, to doing that. And if you're outside the Grand Prairie area, you can certainly find a group that is meeting in your uh, vicinity. There are night and evening classes. There are weekends. There are day classes. So lots of opportunities for you to find a group where you can um, to, to grieve and to grow and to meet other people to help you on the journey. Exactly. Okay. Um, so is there anything... Uh, that you would like to say as we close out our show we're all on a journey and um, thankfully the lord is with us along that journey Um, he brings us comfort and hope 
and um, he's ready to help us along the along the way. So, so good to know we don't grieve alone. Thank you so much, Debbie. I've enjoyed our time today. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. I hope you are enjoying our new bumper music. It's from a music box that a friend gave me at Christmas last year. It is a treasure that had been tucked away in my Christmas decorations and now is on display in my home. May its sweet sound dance in your heads like sugar plum fairies and remind you of God's amazing grace and the warm feelings we have for you at Now I See. This episode, as always, is made possible by the production team at Headset Radio.